This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. On today's show, we're focusing on cybersecurity. So cyber fraud or cyber crime is really on the rise in Canada, and it's one of the biggest digital challenges today for both consumers and businesses. So how do you protect yourself from becoming a victim? We've brought in some experts to share their advice. So joining me today is Jeff Horncastle. He's the Acting Client and Communications Outreach Officer for the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, and Dana Mitchell, National Security Sales Leader with BDO Canada. Thank you both for joining me today. I thought it would be great if you could both share more with our listeners about what you do at your organizations and, and how you're really helping in the fight against cybercrime. So, Jeff, maybe I'll start with you. Yes. Thanks, Nancy. So, as mentioned, I work uh, at the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. <clears throat> now, the uh, the CAFC, for short, is a national police service that gathers intelligence on frauds across Canada and assess police of jurisdiction with enforcement and prevention efforts. We help citizens and businesses report fraud, um, learn about different types of fraud, recognize the warning signs of fraud, and protect themselves from, from various types of fraud. Now, we also provide information to law enforcement and governments in Canada and around the world. Um, our goals include disrupting crime, strengthening the partnership between the private and public sector, and maintaining Canada's economy. Yeah, I know you do play a very important role, Jeff, and you've done a lot of work um, on this and, and, and definitely on the education side, too. We've talked a lot about that on the show in the past. And Dana, if you can share more about what BDO Canada Cybersecurity Solutions is doing to support businesses. And I do want to mention BDO has won the 2023 Microsoft Security Partner of the Year Award, which is a pretty big deal. Hi, Nancy, and uh, thank you for the mention of that, that global award. It's uh, really an honor to to win that, uh, being that Microsoft has about 15,000 partners helping them in their cybersecurity ecosystem. So uh, really nice mention from them. Uh, as far as BDO goes, uh, we help customers from understanding organizational security risks to building cybersecurity programs. We help with employee education. We work with organizations and their boards to be better prepared uh, for cyber attacks should they happen. Uh, we help organizations implement and optimize Microsoft security solutions, uh, plus a variety of other things that I'll touch on today. And that is, we have the capabilities to help organizations regardless of size, complexity, and I look forward to sharing some more insights. Yeah, I think it's great. And we do have a lot to talk to, so let's jump right into it. So we know that technology has certainly changed the way that we're managing our money, and more and more Canadians are, are doing it digitally, right? Whether it's using your phone to pay for things versus, you know, previously using your debit or credit card, you know, online banking. There's so many different ways, right, that we're, we're digitally now using uh, money. And as consumers and businesses continue to use digital transactions to engage in commerce, fraudsters really are increasingly using them for their own benefit. So a recent survey by TransUnion shows that digital fraud is up in Canada. Consumer reported fraud has increased significantly. According According to the TransUnion survey conducted within the first half of this year, 49% of Canadians say they were targeted by a fraud scheme. Another recent survey, this one by RBC, shows a majority of Canadians at 88% report they've experienced an increase in attempts of fraudulent activity, and 7 out of 10 at 73% say they were knowingly targeted. In addition, more than half at 57% say they've received notifications their personal information was 
exposed in a data breach, which is up considerably from 20% in 2022. So just think about that. In the course of a year, we've gone up from 20% to 57% of people saying that their data has been breached. Cyber attacks on companies in Canada are also on the rise. So in 2020, three quarters of 78% of Canadian companies experienced at least one cyber attack. Last year in 2022, cyber attacks affected nearly nine in 10 at 85.7% of Canadian companies. And that makes a nearly 10% rise in attacks year over year. If those statistics sound alarming, just listen to how much cyber attacks are costing Canadians and Canadian companies. So the anti fraud center reports 371 million in the overall reported loss from cyber enabled fraud which accounts for roughly 70 percent of overall reported losses from from solicitation methods and for canadian businesses the cost is considerable as well so according to a recent ibm survey the average cost of data breach incident is costing canadian companies nearly seven million dollars and this is the third highest in the world according to the ibm report and that's just the average And I want to point out that these costly cyber attacks include businesses of all sizes. So according to the latest data from StatsCan, among the businesses impacted, one in five were small business, one quarter at 25% were medium-sized businesses, and just over one-third at 37% of large businesses have reported being impacted by cybersecurity incidents. Now, I suspect that those numbers are actually higher because the StatsCan data is from 2021. So if you sort of look at what we've heard, you know, year over year with the increases and, and, you know, extrapolate that a little bit from 2021 data, I suspect that the losses are much greater. So, Dana, what's your response to these statistics? Well, I've been in the cybersecurity industry now for about a dozen years, and each year we continue to see these volumes increase. We see the sophistication increase, we see the complexity increase, and Nancy, I think this is happening for a few reasons. Um, we know the business of cybercrime is getting easier, uh, so that makes the volume of threat actors out there wanting to join an easy business uh, grow. Uh, and we know that the opportunity for financial gain is also growing as well. So it, it's very, it's very much an attractive business for, for those who want to be in uh, cybercrime. Uh, secondly, uh, the technology and approaches. Uh, to launch ransomware and gain access to systems is getting easier. Uh, These threat actors are becoming more organized. They too have their own technologies, and that often includes uh, technologies like AI. Uh, At one point, we saw threat actors really focus on large organizations and and large government uh, entities. Today, we're seeing them uh, target just about everybody uh, and across industries. Uh, They're targeting organizations that have important data, such as customer and supplier information, Uh, ones that can't be offline for long periods of time, such as retailers and financial institutions, Uh, and those that just don't really have large IT budgets or security budgets to protect themselves, studying smaller business and smaller government entities. Even the last couple of weeks, I I heard about a cyber instance with the uh, libraries in Toronto. So uh, we're seeing more of this all the time. The question is, as organizations, how can we reduce cybercrime and uh, the risk to organizations? And I'll talk about that a bit more today. Yeah, and I think you're right. You know, lots of times people do think that it's larger businesses, right, that are going to be the... um 
the places that people try to attack and get that information. But if you think about it, you know, smaller businesses may not, to your point, have the budgets to be putting these things in place. And so they make it seem like an easier target, right, for people. And, and it is personal data they're looking for. And, you know, you can get that, you know, with just about any business, whether it's through consumers, their vendors, um, employees, there's all kinds of, of information out there that these people are trying to use. So, Dana, can you shed some light on the reasons why we're seeing the number of incidents of cybercrime rise so sharply? And I know we, you've been on the show before talking about uh, some of this stuff, and we know that there there's lots of instances that go unreported, right? So the, the amount of cyber attacks, the amount of um, loss is probably even greater than what we're seeing in some of these statistics. Yeah, I think there's a number of reasons why we're seeing cybercrime increase. Uh, as I mentioned, the rewards are getting bigger than ever. Uh, we know that cyber criminals are, are getting more organized. Uh, so they, they run cybercrime like a business, and they specialize in various aspects of cybercrime, whether it be specialists who specialize in infiltrating, so getting into a network within a company, or being a specialist who uh, is an expert in exfiltrating information, so taking data out of that organization so that it can be monopolized. They're experts really in what they do, and they work to maximize their personal wealth based on their individual expertise. Uh, and we're seeing them working teams uh, and teams of experts. Uh, as an example, you could buy uh, ransomware as a service uh, through these cyber criminals uh, and launch it yourself. Uh, they're just getting more organized and, and they're being more successful. So if you look at ransomware, they're, they're being successful in the business of ransomware. And with any successful business, they want to grow their business and they want to collect more ransom. So they're finding ways to automate this and, and they're looking at technology to help increase their success rate so they can get into more companies and get into more companies faster. Finally, I think uh, with more cyber criminals, more attacks, more automation, uh, the opportunity for financial gain, they're going to continue to leverage technologies like AI, uh, and we're going to continue to see these numbers increase. The question is, is how as uh, businesses can we also use technology like AI and protect us at the same level and scale? Absolutely. And, you know, people are aware, right? But in some cases, they don't know what to do. So a recent RBC poll revealed that nearly half of 44% of business owners anticipate becoming a victim of cybercrime in the next year. And another recent survey shows the majority of consumers at 68% don't know what actions to take if their personal data is compromised. So we're going to hear from our experts on this when we come back. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada, right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guests today are Dana Mitchell. He's a National Security Sales Leader with BDO Canada, and Jeff Horncastle, Client and Communications Outreach Officer for the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. So we're talking about the rise in cybercrime today and the financial costs that it's having on both consumers and businesses here in Canada. And of course, it's no different right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. The statistics surrounding the number of victims not to mention the final impact, really is concerning. So, Dana, I talked earlier about, you know, 44% of businesses are anticipating that they're going to be a victim of cybercrime in the next year. So 
if you think about that, they know they're expecting that it could happen. You know, what could they be doing? And I guess what should business owners be aware of? And what are the more common types of cyber attacks impacting businesses? Yeah, uh, from a business perspective, I think it's about really understanding the risks uh, to an organization, but it's also about being prepared. Um, so do I have a cybersecurity education plan for my employees and do they know how to spot a malicious communication? Am I testing their knowledge? Uh, and if they do see something that looks malicious, do they know how to report on it? Uh, secondly, do I have the right technology solutions in place and have I tested the capabilities I have uh, for weaknesses or gaps between those where threat actors can get through? Uh, and thirdly, am I monitoring my environment, not just nine by five when my security team is working in the geography that I'm working in, but more 24 by seven. We know that cyber criminals work globally, which means there's threats coming around the clock. Um, as far as types of cyber threats, uh, there's an awful lot of them that are out there right now. Uh, phishing seems to be the very top one that involves the threat actor sending a generic or sometimes very customized communication to you, and, and really they just want you to click it. They want you to click it so that uh, it'll either launch malicious code or they'll get access to your credentials. Uh, we know the more the threat actor has to win, the harder they're going to make uh, an email or communication with you look as real as possible so you'll click it. Uh, and they do that uh, through a capability called spear phishing. Uh, and that's really just gaining a lot of popularity these days because people are becoming more cyber-wise. They know more about cybersecurity and uh, even just generic consumers know most often what not to click if it looks like a, a phishing email. So spear phishing, what uh, the threat actors do is they use social media to research you, your contacts, your family, your interests, and, and they want to create something that looks as real as possible so you click it. And, uh, and they do a pretty decent job of that sometimes. Uh, we know ransomware, uh, we hear about it all the time in the news, uh, and that's really where a threat actor uh, works to encrypt or modify computer systems. Uh, and then the criminals can demand payments so that they can give you access back to your information or share what they modified. And we know sometimes this information, uh, the organizations will pay and they'll get their data back. Other times uh, they choose not to pay and they try and restore their systems and that works sometimes as well. Uh, and sometimes they just they, they pay and they don't get their data back. We know earlier this year there was a large Canadian grocery retailer uh, that had some ransomware, and they reported that the cost of their business was $25 million. Uh, and you don't have to be a large organization to get ransomware, even smaller ones. Just alone in 2022, ransomware attacks accounted for 25% of all cyber breaches. It really is incredible, right? And you really need to, to be, you know, on top of what can happen and put the right things in place, right? Talking to the experts like yourself, Dana, to figure out, you know, what can I do for my business and, and reach out and get the information because the cost of not doing it is far greater than the cost of, of having the conversation and implementing something to make yourself more secure. I mean, we know here, everyone listening remembers two years ago, it was October 30th, 2021, cyber attack impacted the system supporting the delivery of healthcare services here in Newfoundland and Labrador. An unauthorized third party accessed parts of our healthcare technology infrastructure and it forced officials to cancel thousands of appointments, including cancer care. It was really a nightmare for so many people. So just yeah. two part question. Um, I guess I mentioned that 68% of Canadians don't know what to do if their, their data has been breached or you know been compromised in some way. So what should they know? And part two, 
what types of cyber attacks should consumers be concerned about and become more aware of? Yeah, no, great question. Um, now, you know, if, if someone has been a victim to identity theft, which includes a, a breach and a, you know, a cyber breach or, um, you know, their, their personal information has been compromised, there's a bunch of steps that they should be following, um, which include, you know, contacting both credit bureaus, contact Equifax and TransUnion, make sure that you have alerts on your, your file, which, you know, would stop fraudsters from applying for credit, which includes cell phones or, you know, credit cards, which is considered identity fraud, right? Um, contact your financial institutions. Make sure that your your accounts are all um, secured. Contact, um, you know, government agencies because we, we're getting an uptick in reports where fraudsters are applying for government benefits. So, I mean, Canadians want to make sure that their their accounts with the government are, are secured and nobody is applying for government benefits. Um, but all the uh, all the steps to follow are listed on our website, anti fraud. So now we know more about the types of cyber attacks. I guess the question is, how do consumers and businesses protect themselves? So our guests are going to have more advice on that when we come back. Please stay with us. Every Saturday is perfect for a night at the cabin. The Cabin Party with Brian O'Connell. Saturday night starting at 7 p.m. on VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here on VOCM. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada right here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guests today are Dana Mitchell. He's a National Security Sales Leader with BDO Canada and Jeff Horncastle, Client Communications Outreach Officer for the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. So we're talking about the rise in cyber attacks across the country and right here at home in Newfoundland and Labrador. And according to a recent report from the Canadian Centre for Cybersecurity, over the next few years, financially motivated cyber criminals are, will almost certainly continue to rise. And cybersecurity officials warn we will see more incidents jeopardizing national security, public and environmental safety, and the economy. And given how serious the threats can be, officials are urging Canadians to take preventative measures to protect themselves. So Jeff, I'll start with you. How do consumers protect themselves? And you know, where can they get the information? What, what should they be doing? Yeah, no, that's it's a great question because that's really what the the CFC tries to focus on is you know uh, giving Canadians the tools to protect themselves from from being a victim, right? So um, a lot of our focus with our messaging is focusing on what tools the fraudsters are using. Um, you know, for example, the emergence of artificial intelligence, which Dana touched on, um, where deepfake videos are being used with merchandise or investment scams. Um, important to to be aware of these types of tools because if if you're you're not aware then you're you know obviously putting yourself at risk um now we just published a bulletin yesterday regarding qr code fraud um which is a new method of phishing which fraudsters are using so if a victim's not aware that if they scan that qr code it basically takes them to a fraudulent um website or you know the fraudulent url could potentially infect their, their device and they're, they're putting themselves themselves at risk um you know other methods like uh, search engine optimization spoofing are, are important to, to be aware of because if again if you're not aware then you're you know you can potentially put yourself at risk of being a victim oh, absolutely and and from the business perspective, Dana, how can they protect themselves? 
Well, I think initially about risk to a business. So am I addressing the risk as it relates to everything cyber so organizations can prepare themselves for such an event? And some of the things I think about is how am I protecting my business from cyber attacks regardless of the size of my business? And do I need external help to help quantify and reduce the risk? So some of the questions uh, I often ask is, do I have the right people, technology, and processes in place? Do I have an executive action plan in place if we were attacked? At BDO, we, uh, we run uh, simulations with organizations so that their cyber teams, their IT teams, their executives, and often even their boards are engaged. So if they had a cyber attack, they've already prepared for it and they know what to do. Um, I like to ask questions like, do I have the right security technology in place to prevent an attack? Uh, and if I take that down a level, do I have the right security solutions to prevent things like phishing by email, by protecting my endpoints? Do I have multi-factor authentication turned on? And have I backed up all of my software and have I tested it recently? I might want to do this if I get ransomware and I don't want to pay the threat actor. Overall, we're just seeing way and way more businesses, uh, especially businesses that are small and fast growing with unsophisticated security tooling, uh, have more issues. So we want to do everything we possibly can to help these organizations as they grow and, uh, and become larger enterprises. No, absolutely. And I read something in one of the BDO Canada blogs on this and it said, standing still is going backwards. So. In this day and age of digital growth and how quickly technology is changing, that really speaks volumes, doesn't it, right? So both consumers and businesses need to pay attention there, like of what the technology out there is and how cyber criminals are keeping up with that, right? They're probably far more advanced in keeping up with the latest technology. So we're not doing the same thing as consumers and businesses. We are going backwards, wouldn't you say, Dina? Absolutely. Like if we're not keeping up, regardless if we're an individual or a business, uh, the cyber criminals are going to leave progress and we need to be leveraging every piece of technology uh, and knowledge that we can and work together because if we're not working together, we know the cyber criminals are. Oh, absolutely. And Jeff, what are your thoughts on that? Like from the, the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center's perspective, um, what consumers be doing to be keeping up on what is out there, right? And, and how quickly technology is changing and making sure that um, they're not falling behind. Yeah, this goes back to, to staying up and, you know, educated on the methods that the fraudsters are commonly using. So, you know, I touched on spoofing and stuff like that. It's so important that, um, you know, if we a person feels that they're equipped to protect themselves in, in the cyber environment from fraud, to, to share that knowledge with people they, they think may be a little more vulnerable than them, uh, loved ones or friends or family members, right? Because um, the, the messaging is there, you know, from the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. Um, you know, we put out bulletins, uh, alerts on social media. But obviously, that that it doesn't get to everyone, right? So, um, you know, local police pitch in, uh, government agencies. So it's important to take the time to, you know, re read through some of the alerts that are put out there. Um, I think in a lot of cases, unfortunately, the uh, the messaging could be ignored. So it's so important to take the time to, to to read up on it and share that that information with your, like I mentioned, your your friends or, or family members. Yeah, that's right. If you read something interesting, you know, share it far and wide, right? Especially that's one of the things, right, with the the age of social media, it's easier to get some messages out to larger groups of people, right? So if you've found victim yourself, if you've read something in the news, in an article, if you've been to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center's website and you see some of these alerts, share them, right? The more people we can make aware of this stuff, um, the better it will be. 
So I want to focus a little bit now on best practices. You know, statistics show us that businesses in Canada spend billions yearly when it comes to cybersecurity. So it's estimated that large businesses spend $4.4 billion, followed by small businesses with $2.9 billion and medium-sized businesses at $2.4 billion. So Dana, I want to start with you. Can you share your thoughts on how BDO can assist? Yeah, great question. Uh, when you add up all those numbers, it's almost $10 billion in cybersecurity spending in Canada. Uh, and with so much focus on protecting businesses, BDO is there helping customers regardless of the size of their business and what they need to do. Uh, first off, we help organizations understand the capabilities they have, the knowledge that people have, their abilities to, to monitor and detect their security threats, and we assist customers in each of those areas where help is needed. Secondly, we help them build a plan to reduce risk, often uh, reduce costs through vendor consolidation while closing gaps between point solutions where these threat actors can work to gain access into those organizations. Uh, we then work with our customers, their executives, and their boards to simulate the data breaches that I talked about earlier. But we really want to ensure that all the processes and capabilities are in place uh, should an event occur, uh, and they know who to call when that happens. Finally, we help customers implement test security technologies. We help them address application security vulnerabilities. We help them complete audits and fill those gaps. Uh, and really just be an extension of their security team with uh, our managed security services. Overall, BDO has a full range of services to help organizations, regardless of the size of, uh, of these organizations, the complexity and the capabilities they currently have to defend themselves. And you mentioned our security services, right? So you're really able to monitor and manage network behaviors 24-7, right, to prevent that unauthorized entry into people's systems. Yes, absolutely. And that's important because many uh, small and uh, mid-sized organizations, they might have one or two people from their security organization. They don't have the ability to work 24 by 7, and uh, the cyber criminals are. So uh, these types of organizations really need our help uh, to make sure that they're being monitored and protected uh, around the clock. No, absolutely. Because you said earlier, right, it's a global network. So, you know, they're not operating in the same time zone, right? And, and while we're all abed, uh, in bed asleep and, and things here in Canada, they're working very diligently to try to break into your system. So stuff like that is super, super important. And I think, too, it's hard sometimes for businesses to stay up to date and compliant with evolving privacy and security regulations, right? So reaching out to an expert or having that expert, um, you know, being your monitor, we're surely going to be on top of that stuff, like such as Bill C-26, right? Yes, absolutely. Like regardless if it's GDPR, uh, which affects the European Union, but uh, it also affects organizations in Canada or Law 25, which uh, has come into place uh, recently in Quebec. Uh, we need to make sure that we're, we're protecting this data and uh, we're doing all the uh, necessary things with the right controls and processes around it. Absolutely. It's so, so important. And, you know, it doesn't cost anything to reach out and have a conversation to find out what you could or should be doing or doing differently, even if you think you have a good system in place, right? Like, is it doing that audit to make sure that it is sound because technology is changing all the time? It's certainly uh, time well spent. So great advice for businesses, Dana. And Jeff, I want to turn to you now and talk about what consumers can be doing to protect themselves from falling victim to cybercrime. So I know the federal government recently launched its Get Cyber Safe campaign, and it's a public awareness campaign created to inform Canadians about cybersecurity and the steps that they can take to protect themselves online. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, this is so important. I mean, you know, you mentioned that they get cyber safe for the, you know, Cybersecurity Awareness Month campaign, which is held every October. It's led by the Canadian uh, Center for Cybersecurity. Um, the CFC contributes to it every year. Um, so when we 
when we put our messaging together, we, we focus on being able to recognize, reject, and report fraud. Um, I'm going to put emphasis on recognizing because that's, that's the most important aspect, right? Being able to recognize if, you know, an ad on, on you see on social media is fraudulent um, or, you know, if an email or text message is a phishing text message, you know, being able to recognize is the most important part to the education piece, um, which gives you the ability to reject, right? So being able to reject an unsolicited email or a phone call um, or, you know, uh, whatever you were able to recognize. And most importantly, being able to, to report, knowing where to report um, is so important as well, because um, for a couple of reasons, if, if you don't report, then, you know, for example, a CFC wouldn't have the information to share with the public to be able to give them tools to protect themselves. And um, reporting gives... Um, law enforcement across the world because we share the, in the information with law enforcement agencies internationally, not only in Canada, the ability to, to investigate these uh, these frauds. Yeah, it's it's so important, right, that we do report these incidents, that we are able to recognize it. And, and you know, there is an impetus, I think, on all of us to check in with other people in our circle, right? So if I think of seniors, for example, right, I get texts all the time telling me that my Royal Bank bank account has been compromised and I need to call this number immediately. Well, I don't have a bank account at Royal Bank, but I can think of, you know, some seniors in, in my network that if they got that, they'd be very word and they likely would go ahead and, and reach out and potentially give out information about themselves that is going to get them in trouble and, and have some financial losses. So I think, you know, thinking about who's in your network and making sure that if you're seeing something, you're educating them on what they should and, and shouldn't be doing about that stuff. I talked earlier as well, Jeff, that lots of cyber crime does not get reported. So we're going to talk about why that might be when we come back. Please stay with us. Nutrition, exercise, keeping the cold at bay. Whatever keeps you feeling great, the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I'm your host, licensed insolvency trustee in Newfoundland and Labrador. So joining me are Dana Mitchell, National Security Sales Leader with BDO Canada, and Jeff Horncastle, Client and Communications Outreach Officer with the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. As mentioned earlier, as alarming as the cybercrime statistics are, the reality is the actual number of incidents or attacks are so much higher. Only 5 to 10% of cybercrime victims actually report it to law enforcement. So, Jeff, why are people reluctant to report fraud, and how do we change that? That's that's a really good good question. I'm glad you asked it. Um, now, I mean, you, you mentioned only five to ten percent of cybercrime is reported. And now, going back to that, the number that you shared of 370. One million lost to, to cyber enabled fraud in, in 2022 really puts that into perspective, right? We're looking into the, the you know, in reality, into the billions of dollars. Um, now, the reasons why people may not be reporting could be that they, you know, in a lot of cases, they may feel ashamed and embarrassed that that, that happened to them. Um, they they may also have the perception that no one will believe them or the law enforcement won't investigate. Um, now, this one's important because, you know, what I think the general thought, you know, from 
from Canadians is why report to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Center? They, they don't investigate. Well, there's, you know, there's way more to it than that. Um, you know, like I mentioned, the CFC shares the information with uh, with Canadians to be able to, to equip them with the tools necessary to prevent them from being a victim. On top of sharing the information with um, international law enforcement agencies like Europol, Interpol, and um, you know, law enforcement across the world, right? So um, I always give the example of, you know, if there's a victim in, in Halifax or in Newfoundland and another victim in BC, the information could be easily linked together uh, in the central repository, which is a Canadian anti-fraud center and linkages between crime can, can be made. Um, another reason may be that they have fear that a family member may take control of their finances. And this is more specifically for seniors, right? And you know, in turn, they may lose their independence. Um, in some cases, they may not even know that they're a victim of fraud. So, you know, in, in romance scams, which can last, you know, years sometimes, victims in a lot of cases may not even, you know, believe that they're a victim of fraud or, or not be aware that they're they're being frauded. Um, they may blame themselves for, for the losses. And um, in a lot of cases, they won't report the incident unless, say, they're guaranteed restitution. Yeah, and, you know, you and I have talked a lot about uh, fraud and fraud reporting and stuff on the show over the years. And one that I always say, right, the saddest one for me is those romance scams, right? Because it's not just financial loss then, right? It's that sort of emotional loss um, of that relationship that people are going through as well. And I can tell you in the last few months, I've had two clients where they've been victims uh, of this. And it's heartbreaking, right, to watch them tell the story. And in some cases, it might have been a year later that they're coming to see me, but um, it's still very fresh and, and still very raw. My heart always goes out to them. So if we look at businesses, Dana, do you feel that it's similar? Do you think that a lot of these business cyber crimes go unreported? Uh, I do. Uh, I think they go unreported for a series of reasons. Um, number one is uh, it affects the credibility of an organization uh, and uh, the trust with their customers often uh, if, they, if it does hit the press. Uh, so organizations have one or two options. Uh, I report it and, and be trustworthy and, and let people know that we had a cyber attack. And in some instances, it just, it's generic. It's, it's well aware to the public that a cyber incident has happened because their systems have shut down and they're unable to do business. Uh, other times they uh, have the option of reporting it and they should. Uh, when everybody reports uh, cyber crime, uh, even just to the uh, RCMP and, and the Canadian government, uh, it, it helps everybody get better visibility to what the threat actors are doing and helps all organizations be better prepared with the right technologies to counter their attacks. No, absolutely. So how do we change the mindset? How do we get people and businesses, I guess, to be more willing to, to come forward and report this stuff? Is it, is it education? I think some of it's education. Uh, I also think some of it is legislation from the government uh, making it mandatory to report cybercrime, regardless of the size of the organization, uh, but also make it uh, easy for them to report cybercrime in uh, in an automated fashion uh, with guidance and coaching uh, when a cyber event uh, happens for organizations so that there's actually a benefit coming up the the other side uh, as well as just reporting it. That's interesting. You're talking about making it easy and having that automated process. So if a business feels that they have been a victim of fraud, how do they report it? Uh, today, they can uh, report it to the RCMP. They can also report it to uh, their local and uh, as well as Canadian governments. 
Uh, those are really the, the top two ones that I'm aware of uh, from a business perspective. Uh, when a larger cyber event gets in place, uh, organizations typically will have an instant response uh, services organization on hand uh, that can help with that process. Uh, and they'll have uh, a series of lawyers and experts in cybercrime uh, that can coach them through that process. That's great. And so, Jeff, if we look at it from a consumer perspective, it's someone feels that they have been a victim of fraud, what is the process for them reporting it? Can you take our listeners through the process, particularly the information that the investigators may be looking for? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to mention that the businesses should be reporting to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre as well. Um, I think we're going to touch on this, but you know, we're, we work closely with the National Cybercrime Coordination Centre, um, which is the NC3. So very important for, for businesses if, they, you know, if a cyber occurrence has happened to, to report it to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre as well. Um, I, I want to mention... Um, so going back to what inf- what information does a Canadian need if they're going to report it? Right? Uh, gather the information related to the fraud, which may include payment information, suspect contact information, uh, dates and times of the occurrence, and really anything relevant to the fraud, uh, any receipts or you know um, confirmation numbers for, for payments. Um, now, Canadians can report to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre by, by two ways, through a fraud reporting system at antifraudcenter.ca or by calling our toll-free line 1-888-495-8501. That's great. And so you mentioned that there's a, a new system, there's a new reporting system that's being created for Canadians and businesses to make it easier. So what can you tell us about that new system and when is it going to be live? Sure. Yeah, so the uh, the CFC is working with uh, the National Cybercrime Coordination Centre, which is the NC3, to implement a new national public reporting system for individual businesses and other organizations to report fraud and cybercrime incidents to to law enforcement. The aim here is to um, to have the National Cybercrime and Fraud Reporting System, which is uh, for short NCFRS, is to provide Canadians and and individuals um, and businesses, sorry, with an easy to use online tool for reporting cybercrime and fraud incidents. Um, The new system is currently in development and is expected to be fully operational in, uh, we, we think, the later part of 2024. Um, in the interim, like I mentioned, Canadians and businesses are encouraged to continue to report cybercrime, fraud and scam incidents to their local police and to the uh, CFC. Yeah, and we can't emphasize that enough, right? It is so, so important to report these incidents. It brings awareness, right, of what things are out there, and then that helps us educate others of what to look out for. So, so important if you've been a victim, whether you're an individual or a business, that you are reporting these incidents. So, guys, we've got some time now for some final thoughts. It's really been a great show, some really great advice for our listeners, both from the consumer and business perspective. So I'll start with you, Dana. If you had a final piece of advice, final thought for our listeners, what would it be? Uh, great question. So I, I typically have my top five. So number one is you always need to keep improving your security posture all the time, regardless if it's people, process, or technology. Uh, we help organizations with security maturity assessments, doing security audits to look at all the controls and processes in place, uh, and even look at your, your cloud security posture. 
Uh, secondly, from a business perspective, uh, really ensure that the organization prioritizes cybersecurity as you would a sales organization, logistics, finance, or just about any other important line of business uh, in an organization. Uh, and ensure that you're funding accordingly. Uh, security organizations don't always get as much budget as they like. Uh, that is until a cyber attack happens and then they seem to have unlimited budgets. Uh, it's always a lot easier to prepare up front and ensure you've got the right technology so that your business isn't affected. Uh, number three, uh, know your security risks and what's acceptable. Uh, know how to build a plan to help close those gaps. Often it's just building out a platform of security technologies and that's something that, uh, that we help customers an awful lot with. Uh, we'll find that customers will have had their uh, point solutions or best of breed technologies that they have acquired through doing RFPs for the last five years. Uh, and we know that that's not kind of where organizations are going from, from a cybersecurity perspective. They need a platform that's integrated. Uh, I was with Microsoft for three years, and over that time, Microsoft was investing about $4 billion a year just on R&D and just for cybersecurity. Uh, and they were doing that because they knew that a platform approach is needed uh, to close off any gaps that the threat actors might try and get into. Uh, number four is just really educate your people, whether it be frontline workers or people on your board and, and your executives. Uh, security training should happen your first day in the job and it should happen on a regular basis. I was just talking to a client about this yesterday. Uh, when I joined BDO, uh, even though I'm in cybersecurity, it was a priority and I finished cybersecurity training in my first week on the job. Uh, we did a, uh, an exercise with a customer uh, recently and uh, uh, we were really just trying to understand are there ways to penetrate the organization, prove to them uh, if they had security vulnerabilities or a way for threat actors to get through. And, and the most interesting thing happened. Uh, we actually were able to find an individual that uh, would give us access to a system and click on a link. Uh, and that individual had been with that, that organization for three days. So early cybersecurity training, very, very important. Uh, and my final thought is, if you don't know what to do, call somebody who does. Uh, there's lots of organizations like BDO out there. Uh, we're experts in what we do, and uh, we're there to help our customers. No, it's so important, and we do say that so often on the show. Like, it's always so important to reach out to a professional because you don't know what you don't know, right? So talk to someone who does know and can really help. Spending the money up front is going to be way better than having to spend it after you've already had a data breach or loss um, created in your business. So thanks so much, Dana, for joining me today. And if people did want more information, they wanted to have a consultation to see what they should be doing or if they should be doing something differently, what's the best way for them to do? that. Uh, I'd be pleased to talk to any business leader uh, listening today and uh, have them reach out to me. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, so Dana Mitchell at BDO Canada. Uh, or should you wish to learn more about BDO, uh, you can go to our website, www.bdo.ca and search for cybersecurity. That's great. Thanks so much for joining me. And so, Jeff, if I could leave you um, with the last final thoughts for the day, what would it be? It's, uh, it would just be, you know, I think you, you guys both uh, touched on this here. Um, going back a few years to the beginning of the pandemic, Canadians changed their, their ways or habits, right? Um, included spending more time shopping online, communicating with friends and loved ones, um, and people maybe doing online banking that may not have been in the past. So this combined with changes in technology and tools at the fraudster's disposal puts everyone more at risk naturally of being a victim to, to cyber fraud. So it's so important to emphasize 
how important education is, um, knowing, you know, how to protect yourself, um, you know, and so many scams, victimization happens very quickly where the victim will click on a link without thinking and realize immediately after that they've done something that they probably shouldn't have. So always take the time, uh, never be in a rush, you know, whether you're getting a phone call, an email, text message, or, or shopping online, take the time to research. Um, and of course, if something seems too good to be true, it, it probably is. Yeah, that's some great advice, Jeff. And, and reminder for people, how do they contact the, the Canadian Anti-Fraud um, Centre? Yeah, so like I mentioned, all the uh, all our prevention information is on our website, uh, where you can also report through our fraud reporting system. Our website is antifraudcenter.ca, or you can call our toll-free number, 1-888-495-8501. That's great. Thanks so much for joining me today. And of course, I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Remember, I always want to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question or a topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can email us at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give us a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensing Insolvency Trustees on your VOCM.